I was thinking about how what happens is like it seems for years that maybe God doesn't answer us. That happens sometimes. Think of Moses. What do you think about this guy? God shows him that he's going to be the deliverer. He tries to do it. He does it in the wrong timing and in the wrong way. Ends up running away. He's 40 years in the wilderness. And now he has an encounter with God. God comes uh, to him and calls him to deliver the people. He has an encounter with God. And then we're going to look at a few encounters that happened in... uh, in the scriptures that I think are really important because God gives us many promises. I think every single one of us in this room can would, would agree with me in this thing that God has spoken some things into your heart. God has spoken some promises into, your, into the word that you haven't experienced. It hasn't come about, but he desires for it to come about because he would never give us a promise that he doesn't want to keep. And so I just want us to, to think of some of the things that maybe uh, for years have been cooking in our heart and our minds that this is what God has said. And, and sometimes we can say, God, why in the world is this taking so long? But today I believe God wants us to press in for an encounter, for us to experience the presence of his Holy Spirit, to experience some of the promises that he's given us, and that we can actually break through that by pushing into the promise of God. And some of us, maybe we've tried everything we know what to do, and it just hasn't seemed to come about. But when we have an encounter with God, then that definitely, definitely changes everything and so i wanted to talk about a few barriers i think that stand in the way of us receiving his promises and i'm what i did is i asked the lord if he would just give me some barriers for people that are right here these aren't i hope just things i'm making up i think that there are things that could be in our hearts and maybe one or more of them is stopping you but here's some of the, the barriers that can actually take place in our life. God's given us a promise, but in order to protect our hearts from disappointment and heartbreak, we just stop pressing in. We stop believing. We just kind of put it in the back because we've prayed for it, we've moved toward it, and it hasn't necessarily happened. So then easiest way to deal with it is to put it on the back burner, to just not really believe or, or think about it and, and allow that to take place. Some of us have also asked God, it seems, so many times for the same thing that we think it would be futile to ask again. And so we just stop because of the futility of it all. We just stop because we believe that that we've already asked so many times, what is one more time going to do? And then I think of another thing that can be a barrier to us. So you've been this way so long that you've settled in your heart that this is just the way it is, and you've settled for that. This is just how life is. This is just how it's going to be. I've tried and tried, and this is it. This is what I get. And I think that can be a barrier for us pressing into an encounter 
with God. And another one is in the past that you have failed in some fashion and that you believe that you're the cause of what you're experiencing. So you don't really press in because you feel unworthy. This is my own fault. I made this decision. I did this. And so then what we do is we just, we just accept what's going on and not pressing into the promises that God has spoken because we believe that we failed and are unworthy. Then there's another way too that we can think of this that's kind of the maybe the flip side of that is that you believe that you deserve it and maybe you should even have it worse because of uh of what what has happened or what you've done i deserve what i get and i've heard that from many different people as i as i talk to them about you know healing and things like that or any other promises that God has given. Well, I just messed it up and I deserve it and so this is where I'm staying. And God doesn't want us to stay in that place because his precious promises are for every one of us. Everything he's promised, he desires for us to walk in and live in. And so that's what I want us to see and understand, that there are things that can stop us. But I believe what God wants to happen in our hearts today is for us to press forth and push forth in faith, believing what God has said, believing the promises that he's given us and say, you know what, I'm going to press in until I get it. And so I want us to go ahead and look in the scripture. So if you want to go to Matthew chapter 20, we're going to look at one story that shows pressing in and shows what can happen when that takes place. So this is in Matthew chapter 20, and it's in verse, uh, starts in verse 29. It says, as they were leaving Jericho, this is Jesus and his disciples, it says, as they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed Jesus. And two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by, cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Now this is important to, to know what, what the thought process was going on during that time. If you were sick, and if you were blind, if you were infirm, then they thought that you were a sinner, and that you were justly uh, had that kind of sickness and disease. You remember the one in John chapter 9 where the disciple says, who sinned, uh, the parents or the child in the womb that he was born blind? And so they believed that if you sinned against God, that sickness was a sign of his displeasure and dis, you know he was just not going to have anything to do with you. He was cursing you because of the sin that was in your life. And so anyone who had sickness, they, there wasn't much compassion, maybe in the family, but others would look, just kind of like Job. Remember the story of Job? And they said his buddies came. They call them his friends, his comforters. They came and said, you've sinned against God. You need to repent and you need to turn. You need to confess your sin. And we know from the book of Job that God said, look at Job, he's a righteous man. Look at him. There's no one like him on the earth. And God is just bragging him up. And then his friends come and say, you must have sinned. And so these guys are, are there. And so then the crowd just goes, 
be quiet. I'm sure they said it a little more difficult than that. But it says, well, it says in verse 31, it says the crowd sternly told them to be quiet. But they cried out all the more. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called to them and said, what do you want me from me to do for you? And he said, Lord, we want our eyes to be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. And I was thinking of this, that these guys, they didn't care what the crowd said, didn't care what anyone said, didn't care what was going on, didn't even care about the bad theology that was going on, that, oh, you guys are just sinners, get out of here, Jesus wouldn't want to talk to you. They pressed in and they asked for mercy, and that's what Jesus gives because he's a God of mercy. He's a God of love, and he pours out his grace on people in such incredible ways, but they pressed in. They would not let the crowd stop them from receiving from Jesus. And so they said the simple thing, what do you want, Jesus says, we want to see. And he healed them instantly, touched them by the presence of his goodness. And so then in Mark chapter 5 is another story that's, that's it's a really common one that we hear so often. It's called, uh, they call this story, the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman... Um, Again, she had this sickness and disease in her body. We're going to start in verse 25. It said, a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. And this is a situation that, that I'm talking about. Sometimes it feels like, man, we've tried everything we can possibly do and it just hasn't worked. The promise that Jesus has given us or God has given us really hasn't come to the forefront and so we haven't really received it. But she endured at the hands and of, of, of the physicians. She endured all these different things so that uh, she gave everything she had pretty much. All of the money, all of her finances were eaten up by doctors and physicians. But then it says, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowds behind him and touched his cloak. Now, if you know anything about the Jewish concept of cleanliness, that anyone with an issue of blood would be unclean. And they would have to stay away from people and separate themselves. But this woman who's, who was so desperate because she needed an encounter with Jesus pressed in through the crowds. And we can't even, I think, imagine the crowds unless you've been to some of the places, you know, some of the places I've been um, where they have massive crowds of people. Well, have you ever been in a stadium? been in a stadium that has thousands of people trying to get in and trying to get out and you can just imagine 
when there's a group of people that are trying to get as close as they possibly can to Jesus, they're crushing in on him. Even one time it talks about in the scripture that Jesus was preaching by the shores and the people were crushing in on him. So he went and he asked someone to sit in their boat. Can I sit in this boat so I don't get crushed? The people were just trying to press in. And, and so they're just around him and this woman, you, you can just imagine, elbowing her way, ducking down, pushing through the crowd. She comes to Jesus and she just comes and she touches him. And she, this is what it says in verse 28. It says, for she thought, if I just touch his garments, I'll get well. That's why she pressed through. That's why she came, because she knew Jesus was there. And she knew that her only opportunity would be to get in there and to touch him. And she was so convinced that if she just touched him, she would get well. And it says, immediately... The flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving to himself that power had proceeded forth from him, had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? That's an amazing thing too because you know Jesus had to be jostled and all this stuff, but he felt the power of God released to go into the body. Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And so the power of God just was released as this woman in desperation pressed in to touch Jesus, to just touch the hem of his garment. If I could just touch that cloak, then I know I would be healed. And so there's something powerful there in that story that shows us of this pressing in to the things that God has. Now I have one more that I want us to look at as one more story here. And, um, and that's out of uh, Mark chapter 2. So if you just flip back a couple. Mark chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. And when he had come back to Capernaum, several days afterward it was heard that he was at home. Because remember, Jesus lived there. That was in the village of Peter. He lived there and dealt with, uh, uh, you know, all the people that came. It says here, it says, And many were gathered together so that there was no room, not even to, near the door, and he was speaking to them. So there was all of these people pressing in again to hear Jesus, to be by him, to receive healing and all the different things. And it says, they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. But unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let him down on the pallet where the paralytic was lying. 
And this is, this, this is the faith of these four people that they knew Jesus was there. Jesus had already begun healing many people in Capernaum. His first sermon, he cast a, a demon out of a person and he healed many who were sick. He healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever that she had. And he, he was well known of what was going on. You can't have these things happen in these small villages, even though they might, you know, in these small towns when miracles begin to happen people hear it and they know it and so jesus is there and the people come crushing in and they come around and of course the they couldn't get near the door but you know what's interesting uh, the way that they would usually have have on their homes that day is they would use the roof for things they would use roof for like drying things up up on top drying fish doing different things um they would use the upstairs uh, sometimes in the heat of summer to sleep so they could get a breeze up there. They would use this for a variety of things and so they would have actually an outdoor kind of uh, stairway that would go up there to lead to the top of their roof. And so these guys go, man, we got to get this guy to Jesus. We have to get him there. And there's no way you can think this woman pushing through the crowd, she can squirm and squeeze and turn. But can you imagine these guys carrying someone on a pallet? Are they going to be able to press through? Are they going to be able to twist and turn? And so one of them figures it out. We're going to just go to the roof. And they begin ripping the roof apart, taking it apart, and they lower this man down. It's just amazing to me what they did. But they had faith. And so Jesus looks at them and says this, Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and were reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning this way within themselves, said, why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your bed, and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet. He went out in the sight of everyone, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And so here's the, again, a, a, just a powerful picture of people pressing in to get to Jesus, people pushing forth in faith to receive what they wanted from Jesus, which was something that he very well and easily offered, because Every time we see Jesus, he's healing the sick, he's casting out demons, he's, he's speaking words like no one's ever spoken, and so people wanted to be near him and press to get to him. And as they pressed through, then they were forgiven and they were healed and they received the promises of God. And so this is an important thing, I think, as far as pressing in and believing and, and seeking an encounter with God. And I just wanted to um, say 
that in order to receive any promises of God, we need to know Jesus Christ. We need to have him as our Lord and our Savior. And there are people here in this room, but there are also people that are going to be at least hearing or seeing this on the internet. And I want to make it available to you to accept Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one that can save us but Jesus. That's what he says. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And none of us can come to God except for through him and through accepting what he's done, his death upon the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And the scripture tells us that if we will believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and trust in him and make him Lord of our lives, then we will be believers. We will become followers of Christ, will become sons of the living God, and God's grace will rest upon us. And so with that, I want to give, before I finish here with this, us pressing in to receive the promises of God, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus, to come to him and believe that he is, he's your God and king, and to respond to him. And so with that, what I'd like to do is just, why don't we just together just read this, this prayer? And if, if this is for you today, to respond to Christ, then I want you to, to, to just open your heart to him. But I also, if you're online here, then get a hold of us because we want to encourage you in your faith and trust in Jesus. So let's go ahead and read this prayer together. And if this is for you to say, I want to accept Jesus, I want to put my trust in him, then let's do this and go for it. So Father, I acknowledge that I have turned away from your perfect plan for my life. I choose today to turn from my sin and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away my sin and that he rose from the dead so that I might have new life in him. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. Cleanse me from my sin and draw me close to you. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit and help me grow into your perfect plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, this is an opportunity for you to trust in Jesus and to put your hand, life in his hands and to follow him. And so I want to encourage you, if that was you today, to, to get a hold of me and let me know because I'd love to just pray with you and encourage you. Here's one of the passages of Scripture that Jesus uh, taught on the Sermon on the Mount. That's what we call it because he was on this mountain and and he gave forth this teaching that uh, takes a while to read through, but he, he tells us some things about prayer. And so I want us to read uh, Luke chapter 11, verses 15 through 13. Now, on the Sermon of the Mount, which is in Matthew, he gives a, a short version of this. But he gives a longer one uh, from Luke, and that's why I want us to go there, because I want to get 
a, a bigger context of what's going on. So Luke chapter 11, and we're going to start reading in verse, uh, verse number 5. So the first thing he does is he says the Lord's Prayer, and we know what that is. Maybe we should just do it. Let's do that. Let's start in verse 1. Sometimes I just change my mind, because why not get it? It says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And here's what he was saying on the Sermon of the Mount. And he says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door's already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And so now he's giving us this story to show that when, when there's a need, when you have a need for other people, when you have a need for yourself, that if you go to your neighbor's door and knock and you keep on knocking, he's going to ultimately open the door, even though he might be irritated with you. He's going to open the door. He's going to give you the things that you need. And so now Jesus is talking to us about pressing in in prayer, about pressing into the things that God has promised and to receive and so he says this, verse 9, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But he says, ask. And the idea behind that ask is, is a continual asking. It's a constant. It's ask. And, and you shall receive, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it will be opened. This idea of persisting, of pressing in, and of receiving what the Lord has. And so I think this is very important. And so I want to encourage us that as I began to speak of any of these barriers, that if you've experienced any of these barriers in your life that is stopping you from pressing in to believe the promises of God, that you, that you actually uh, stand up today at some point here, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity to walk forward and to move, to change locations, so that you can say, Lord, I'm pressing in. I'm coming, and I desire in my life today to have an encounter with you, to receive what you have, and I'm going to be like that blind guy just screaming, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
that we'd press through all the things that are stopping us from moving ahead and move ahead in what the Lord is doing. So here's, here's how it is from my understanding. And this, this is seen so clearly to me in Scripture that God gives us promises and then he requires, in many cases, that we do things. So I'll give you the perfect example. This is throughout the whole Old Testament. It's proclaimed in the New Testament multiple times. So here's what it is. God says, I, this is the land that I have given you. Remember, we call it the promised land. He says, he says to Moses, the children of Israel, this is the land that I promise you. And so they get to the land, and what's the first thing he, he does? He has them spy out the land. And then they end up wandering for 40 years. But what's the first thing that happens when they go in? He comes to Joshua, and he looks at Joshua, and he goes, I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be strong, because you're going to give this land to this people. God says, this is the promised land that I have given you. And then he has raises up Joshua and the armies of Israel to go in and possess the land. There's always a cooperation that happens on these promises of God because God wants to work hand in hand with us. He wants us to, to rise up and press into the things that he has. And so Joshua, they went through and they asked the Lord. They got direction from him and how to conquer the land. They went through and they battled by battle, except for the battle of Ai. They forgot to ask because they conquered Jericho. Ai was a small place. They didn't ask God how they should deal with it. And they found out that there was sin in the camp. They, they could have saved the lives of some people. But the idea is that God gives us promises, and then he wants us to rise up in his strength and possess them and grab hold of them and bring them to himself. And so here's, here's just the simple thing that, that I have for us today that I really believe that the Lord is encouraging through these different stories and through the different things is that we press in and that if, if the Lord's spoken to your heart in any way and is calling you to respond for an encounter with him today, then I just want you to get up and I want you to move forward and just come and just say, you know, I'm pressing into this. Lord, you're speaking this. I'm going to step out. I'm going to believe the things you say and I'm going to ask you for an encounter today in this area of my life, whatever that promise might be, whatever the thing that the Lord has spoken. I want an encounter. I want to move in, into your presence and receive it. And so if that's the case, then I just want to encourage you to go ahead and do that, to just step out and say, Lord, this is what I desire. I want an encounter with you today. I want to meet you today. I want to, I want to experience what you have for me and to press into that. Thank you, Jesus. Just bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen when you preach stuff. So I'm going to step forward for one that the Lord's spoken to me.
That's it. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Just receive from your hand today, God. Just receive. God, I want what you have. I want what you have. I want what you have for me. I want to press in. I want to receive it. I want to get every promise that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name, Lord. Just worship you. Just worship you as the living God. I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Great is your name. Great is your name, Lord. Great is your name. We look for your salvation. We look for your life. God, every promise that you've given us, we just press in. We want more of your glory in our lives. We want everything that you've spoken, everything that you have given. We press into that. Lord, we press into it. We press into it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your glory be released, Lord. Let your glory be released. We want you. We want your promises. We want the fullness of your Holy Spirit. We want the fullness of life as you intend it to be. We want to experience life and life more abundantly. We want to experience all those things that you have given us we want to experience just i just think you've given us everything for life and godliness you've given us lord all things you've given us yourself so that we can just be sons and daughters of the living god you've given us opportunity to just be sons and daughters in regal standing with you loved compared just filled with compassion and mercy towards us. We're just so grateful and so wonderful how good you are. And so I just thank you, Lord, for your kindness. And thank you, God, that you are a God of promises and that your word is faithful and true. So today as we just go from this place, may your grace be upon us. May your face shine upon us. May your life just flow in ever-increasing amounts through us. Lord, we're vessels of the living God. And so I just speak a blessing of compassion and of mercy. 
and the ability to speak life to people and the ability to just uh, grow in his grace. May God open your eyes to the fullness of who you are in him and may you see him and grow and increase in the knowledge of God and in the ways of God. The strong, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, O oh God. Bless your name. Just worship you. Just worship you. Just come. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Just come. Look to you, Lord. God of our salvation, God of our life. Jesus. 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 Everywhere I fuck there you go Let your kingdom come right here. Jesus, Jesus. Who shut on Let your kingdom come right here. Jesus, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Just bask in your presence and the beauty of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship you, Lord. Just worship you. We worship you. Worship you. We worship you, the giver of life. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We bless your name. Bless your name. Jesus. 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 But you came here for your majesty, but you give us your heart. We came here for a king. We came a friend. Jesus. Come here to bow before the Lord of heaven. Jesus. And then you 
just thank you for your incredible goodness for the faithfulness for your kindness Lord for just 
your grace and mercy that you pour out upon us. And so we ask, Lord, as we leave this place, let your glory just be on us. God, shine forth through us. Let us be a light in the darkness. Let us bring peace in times of trouble. And Lord, let us have grace and mercy towards those who need to know you, Lord. We just thank you for that and praise you for this time together. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So remember, we got food downstairs. Please grab some. If you're going to take some to neighbors, grab some of those cards in the back and just give them an opportunity to have some good stuff. Came here for a king and gave us a friend. Came here for the Lord of Heaven's army. Now we sing your praise once again. You holy, holy, holy. You holy, holy.